Welcome into another edition of the Down the Road podcast covering your Lakeland Magic. I'm Nick Grunowitz, and today we have uh, a a rejoining guest, someone who has been on the podcast before, but a guy that uh, I'm really interested to speak to because he's inside the NBA bubble at Walt Disney World's uh, ESPN Wide World of Sports. He is Orlando Magic two-way player. Vic Law, and he joins us now here on the podcast. Uh, Vic, man, I really do appreciate the time. Uh, generally, I guess I'll just start up. How are you doing, and 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 how are you holding up now? About a month into uh, bubble life there at at Walt Disney World. I'm doing good. It's uh, it's been a blessing to be you know included in the bubble and be a part of this history. Um, you know, this is obviously unprecedented times for both the NBA and our country. We've never seen anything like COVID-19. Um, so the NBA, to be able to put something like this together is uh, pretty special. And, uh, I mean, it, it's been pretty cool to, to see how everything has gone down and to see the resources the NBA has used to make it all work. Um, being four games in now, um, you know, you've seen some really good basketball, uh, both on our part and from the other teams that are here. Um, you know, as, as a two-way, kind of, you just kind of got to stay ready and wait for your moment because you never know, you know, what could happen. Um, but it's been an enjoy- enjoying process. You know, I'm learning a lot and just trying to stay the course. Yeah, this must be, for you, a great opportunity just in terms of practice, of course, and getting a chance to work with uh, the NBA team. Uh, let, I'm, I want to get to the basketball here in just a bit, but you've been in the bubble for a month now. What What is it are, – are you just obviously not disconnected from the outside world, but – are has it been hard just keeping up with kind of daily events, what's going on in the world while you've just been there day after day? Uh, no way. You know, now with uh, social media and stuff, it's not hard to uh, stay connected. You know, obviously with my friends and family, it's kind of hard to um, keep up with them, uh, with everyone kind of being stuck inside. You know, I think everyone's still trying to be cautious of uh, COVID, so no one's really doing that much. So on the day-to-day, asking people how they are and what's new, there isn't much new for anybody, you know. And being in the bubble, uh, we have activities we can do, but for the most part, I've been relaxing, uh, staying in my room, playing games, and every now and then I might go golf, but it's been pretty much the same day-to-day. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so to, through the day-to-day, of course, on, on an off day or something, you guys you guys do have activities. I, I've read about some of them, whether it be kind of the – the game room that's set up and ping pong, even though there's no doubles ping pong and and golf and fishing. So you you mentioned you played a little bit of golf. Are are you a are you an avid golfer? Do you play a lot of golf, or or is it something you've kind of picked up recently? No, so I started playing golf in college, and I would say I'm not an avid golfer, but I definitely love going out there and playing. Uh, I have a lot of room to get better. I'm not terrible, but I have room to grow for sure. Who have you had a chance? Have, who, have you played with anybody while, while you've been here, or are you playing by yourself? No, I've, I've been out with a couple of my teammates. Um, they've gone out more than I have, but it's been fun to go out there and kind of switch it up. You know, uh, the weather has been good down here, so it's nice to get out of the room and just stretch your legs a little bit and do something different than basketball. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, the quality of play uh, in terms of the basketball that we've seen, Vic. Um, I, I think everyone on the outside getting ready for this thing to get started we we were kind of we were kind of expecting for there to be a, a, a time where guys were shaking off the rust and of course you had the three scrimmage games um 
the basketball quality has been just unbelievable. Why why do you think teams have been able to just pick up right where they left off? Is it just guys stayed ready during this break or or what? Because I've been surprised at the high quality that we've seen even with a four-month layoff. Yeah, I mean, this is NBA. So, you know, you're watching the best basketball uh, in the world. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. The bar is very high, I think. A lot of teams had a chance to work out either individually or as teams. And even with the scrimmages, you know, we had a little training camp before we came in. And I think everyone's still hungry to compete and try and win a championship in their own rights, you know, whether it be in the East or West. I think all the teams are, are still competing and vying for something, trying to piece their season together. Um, but, the, you know, the sad part of, of this bubble, I guess, and, and trying to pick up so fast is you're seeing a lot of new injuries uh, pop up around the NBA or of the 22 teams that are here. And it's kind of tough um, seeing guys go down and, and, and get these injuries. And even amongst our, t- our team, it was really sad to see J.I. go down. Um, and just having these little nagging injuries and, like, you know, injuries that probably could have been prevented, but now that we're trying to just to pick back up but we don't have that much time, it, it just makes it difficult. So, you know, shout-out to all the training staffs out there that are, that are working so hard to keep the guys healthy and keep everybody ready to play. Yeah, those guys are working double time. You mentioned the Jonathan Isaac injury. I wanted to ask you about that because uh, I was watching the game live when it happened, of course. I know you were there at the game, uh, Vic. Uh, I, I guess just what was – can you take me into the the well, the atmosphere, I guess, of, of the arena there? Obviously, there's no fans, but, I mean, what was it like watching Jonathan Isaac go down and, and the reaction of both your teammates and, and the other team that was there to Sacramento – uh, because it was it was shocking to see him, and of course, sad to see him go down like right. that. Right. I mean, it was like the air uh, was taken out of the gym. Like, you know, no one said anything, and it was just kind of like um, a black cloud was over the arena. Obviously, everyone was, was super, really sad. Like it was it was kind of crazy to see it live um, and hear him, you know, uh, kind of yell in pain. You know, no one wants to watch that. Um, so it was just sad, man. I think it, it was really demoralizing, not just for us, but for both teams. It's tough to go out there and watch that, um, especially at that time in the game. It was just tough, man. I, pray, praying for Jonathan. You know, he's, a, he's a great dude and a great teammate, and you never want to see that happen to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, 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 and Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, many guys on the team. Every guy have just have had great things to say about Jonathan Isaac. Um, I, he he seems like just a very well liked guy on the team, and I, I I guess as a player, Vic, you know what he's gone through just to get back this season, and now you see him kind of head back out again on what's going to be a very similar road to uh, road to recovery. Have you guys right. been Have you guys been just kind of trying to pick him up the last couple of days, reaching out to him or anything since he's left the bubble? Um, I've I've called him, you know, I text him, and. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone is, is trying to reach out to him as, as they see fit. Um, but it's just tough, you know. Like, at the end of the day, like, we can give our condolences, but, you know, what happened, happened, and it, it's terrible news. Um, so the most we can offer him are our condolences and just trying to check on him on a day-to-day basis. He seems to be in high spirits, though, which is really good. And uh, I'm hoping, like, whatever the recovery steps are go very smoothly. Yeah, great kid, great attitude. Um, I, I think he's gonna. Absolutely. I think he's gonna be fine. Let, let me. Uh, it's, it's. Let me transition to, uh, to the actual basketball here. Uh, what has it been like playing in 
arenas without without fans. You said the NBA has done a great job putting this together, but obviously you guys are playing without any people in attendance. What's that been like? Uh, it's been weird. You know, it's interesting to uh, to see like that no fans are here, especially like I would say the, the biggest like um, kind of adjustment is on the free throw line. <laughs> like funny as it is. When you're shooting free throws and you have, like, no noise, no anything, it's just dead quiet. It seems like that's, like, the most surreal part of that and, like, the starting lineups, you know, when we're kind of getting announced and they have to create the fan noise and the fan cheers when guys are coming out. Uh, it's just different, and it's something that you have to get adjusted to. And I think one of the biggest things for teams is um, whichever team can, can adjust to it the best will have an obvious advantage going into the playoffs and going into the next steps as they try and win a championship. Because this is something you have to adjust to. You know, there's no home court advantage anymore. Even though we're in Orlando, there are no fans. There's no, you don't get your own locker room. You don't get to sleep in your own bed, you know. So it's tough. It's interesting, but whoever gets the best handle on it will have an advantage going into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you, you mentioned you mentioned there not being any, 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 you know, uh, any noise when you're at the free throw line. Have have you guys? I, I know JJ Redick did this. I think it was last week where he actually asked a teammate to kind of heckle him while he was at the line because he was so used to it. Um, but I, have have you seen? What's the most interesting thing I guess you've seen a guy try do to kind of get himself ready for a game because there is no energy in that building? Is there anything that you've seen kind of guys trying to get themselves up a level? Because I imagine that's one of the hardest things is just to get the energy in there that you normally get from the crowd. I uh, I mean. Uh, we're pros. Like, you know, you have to get yourself motivated to play, especially now. Like, this is the end of the season. This isn't really the time where you have to, you can be making excuses like, I'm not motivated to play anymore. You know, it doesn't really sound right. Everyone should be motivated to, to play. This is, like, really where you, you know, make your money. This is where uh, greatness is made. So, I think guys are, are cognizant of that, and uh, they're excited to, to get playing whenever the games are. What about the start times for some of these games? They've been weird. Like you had a two thirty start time for the the Brooklyn game. Is there is it been strange kind of getting your body clock right? Because you guys are are kind of designed to start games at seven p.m. and eight p.m. and and later. Have some of these start times right. messed with you a little bit? Uh, no, I've been fine. Like I think um, guys are doing a good job, and uh, you know everyone keeps calling it the AAU tournament. And I think um, the times are you know really indicative of AAU basketball, but it's been fine, man. You know, it's something different. Um, I think it shakes things up a little bit, allows us to get all the games in, so I, I have no complaints about it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're, we're taping this um, on on Thursday, August 6th. I know it's going to gonna come out next week on Monday, so we're, we're talking the day after uh, the Magic lost to, uh, to the Toronto Raptors, which uh, Toronto, Toronto is just th- – those guys. I, I'll, I'll ask you, Vic, because you, you, were, you were on the sidelines for that – how good is that Toronto team? Because watching it on TV, it feels like they've got seven guys on on the defensive side of the court. Uh, I mean, they're pretty good, but um, you know, this is just a bias. But I think you know we're right there with them. Um, they're good, but so are we. I think we have a really good chance to um, hang with them and whatever seed we get. I think we'll be a dangerous team in the playoffs that can give whoever we play problems. Um, obviously, I think in this style of format. This would be a great time to have sleeper teams and surprise teams that that come up and, and give those high seeds trouble. So 
even though the Raptors are good, I think we have a very good chance of beating them um, and playing well. And what what is what 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 do you guys need to do in order to give those teams trouble? I guess because Steve Clifford has talked about the the defensive identity of this team. Of course, you're there through all the practices and the walkthroughs and stuff. What going into some of these games? What do you guys have to do well in order to give those teams trouble? Um, I'm not going to give out too many of uh you know oh, the yeah, old don't do magic that. secrets, yeah, but. Of course. Um, you know, just making shots. I think the way the the Rogers play defense, they invite uh, teams into taking threes and and contested twos, and you know they they really pack the paint. So I would say just making shots. You know, don't over uh, analyze the game or make it too hard. It's a simple game. Uh, when you get an open shot, take it and knock it down. Yeah, that 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 Raptors team is just their their defense is unbelievable. But you're right. I I, I think the magic if. If if you guys are making shots like you said, you can you can stick with anybody in this league. Steve Clifford has said it, and and uh, you guys did those first two games of of the restart. Uh, Vic, I I want to make sure that I I get a chance to ask you about what's going on off the court in terms of what uh, the NBA has been doing during uh, this restart. Of course, you we've seen players take a knee during the national anthem. Um, we saw the NBA pledge $300 million from, from owners to support empowerment in the black community to different, um, organizations. Um, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that in terms of the efforts the NBA is making. That was a big part of the discussion going into this. Um, how have you felt about what we've heard so far? Um, I think it's been great, man. I think the NBA has done a good job of trying to utilize, um, all the resources we have to make a difference and create awareness. Um, I think in terms of what the NBA can continue to do, I think we need to continue uh, creating awareness and educating our viewers about um, what our message is and what we should stand for. Uh, obviously, there are going to be some differing opinions, but the whole point of this is creating awareness behind you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and you know, kind of the things we're calling for. So, I think right now we're doing a good job, and uh, we'll continue to do that as our platform increases with the playoffs. Obviously, last last week when you guys opened up the season, um, you had the entire team kneel. Jonathan Isaac decided to stand. Um, and, and there's a lot of discussion about this. I've talked about this on, on other outlets plenty of times, Vic, about the fact that there, there are times where the message is lost when it comes to, to kneeling, and there's a lot of debate about the appropriate time to do that. Um, do you feel like the message is getting out during this. Um, obviously, Black Lives Matter is on the floor, and and the NBA is running, um, you know, messaging during the games. Do you feel like that message is being a- appropriately sent out, or or does the league and teams need to do more still? I mean, I think there's always more you can do, but I think as of right now, we're doing a decent job of, of uh, getting that message out. Uh, like I said, it's not it's not always going to be taken. Um, it's not going to be received well, and, and that's not the point of it. The point of it is getting that message out and letting America know that, that even though sports are back, there are still huge issues and racial tensions going on out there that still needs to be highlighted. You know, the, the movement hasn't stopped. Um, there are still um, things that need to be done. Breonna Taylor's killers are still out there. We still need justice for a lot of the people that were shot and killed by police officers. Um, there's a, a ton of education reform that needs to happen. We need to get out and vote. So there's a ton of stuff that still needs to be spoken about. So all the people that are just hungry for sports need to keep being aware and made cognizant that these topics still need to be talked about. 
Yeah, and I know that that you and 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 pretty much every player that has spoken to the media after games, they have kept that that message um, throughout uh, throughout their discussions and and throughout their answers. Uh, Vic, I really do appreciate the time. I know you guys uh, have some work to get to there in the bubble. Um, obviously, as uh, as you guys finish out the uh, the seeding games and and get to the playoffs, so. I appreciate the time, man. Thank you, and I, I hope to talk to you again soon uh, as uh, as you guys make your way through the playoffs. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me.